Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! You would like that. Look at you, monster fucker too. It must be genetic. He laughed against my neck before dragging the pointed tips of his teeth over my skin. Cyrus, please. I dreamt about this. I'd beg and plead for it if I had to. All right, all right, Rollins. It's coming. The firm length of his mating tentacle slid down my crack and clinched my tight ass, slip, uh, stopping it from reaching my hole. Relax for me, he whispered, rubbing his free hand along my jaw. It's self-lubricating. It'll go in nice and easy self-lubricating. I took a deep breath, focused on the feel of Cyrus's hand on my cock as the tip of his tentacle circled my hole, coating in a layer of lube. As his mating tentacle slowly pushed inside, my breath hitched. Fuck. It was so smooth. The familiar stretch was there, but there was none of the resistance. And that came with a human cock. At least, not yet. Claire. Neil! What dirty, smutty books have you been reading? Tentacle porn! Yay! (laughs) Also, I have to point out the line, is it because it's genetic? He's talking about the guy's sister while he's about to fuck him. I'm like, I don't... I don't think siblings should come up when you're in a gym shower room stall about to get fucked for the first... Absolutely not. Claire. Yeah? We have more very important things to say about tentacle porn, but first we have to do our podcast. A podcast! A podcast! Uh, Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we uh, read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. Also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. So many spoilers. If you come here just for a review, turn around. Go back, friends. (laughs) There be monsters here. Our... Our spoilers are self-lubricating, and they will slide in your ear holes real easy. (laughs) If you don't want that, just go read the books, and then come back and talk to us. Indeed. Indeed. Claire. Yes? You picked these books. I did. What on earth have we read? Oh, my God. Well, we have read Sea Monsters. That was the uh, that was the theme, uh, but the books we read were Tentacles and Triathlons, uh, a Leviathan Fitness Book Two by Ashley Bennett and uh, illustrator Alex Conkins, which I didn't mention before, but uh, illustrations do uh, come up in this book. Uh, Swearing at a Sea Monster, an Enemies to Lovers Monster Romance, Folk Haven Book Three by Lauren Connolly. Sea monsters. Or, as people say, monsters. Oh my god, that's going to happen the whole time. And I I cannot hear it. I cannot hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I'm excited to get into it. But Claire, first, Uh tell me what's got you hot and bothered. Okay, well, I've got two. Great. Uh, One first... um, in between recordings, um, uh, HR 8404 passed, which is the Respect for Marriage Act. Woo! So that replaces a law that says that marriage is between just a man and a woman with like 
two individuals consent to getting married uh, and they are of age under the law, they have that marriage has to be respected across state boundaries. Woo. So does it mean, does it force states to marry people if the state passes a law that they don't want to? No. Which sucks and is dumb. But it does, so it doesn't federalize marriage, uh, which it could have done, maybe, but they probably didn't have the votes for it. Mm. But it does say that across state boundaries, you have uh, marriage has to be recognized. So that's a step closer towards it. So this is good. This is a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, and this covers uh, gay marriage as well as interracial marriage, which a lot of people in interracial marriages in the Senate did not want to vote for. Uh-huh. <sighs> you know, because what the fuck? Anyway, that is my one hot and, hot and bothered number one. I just wanted to do a shout out to that monumental thing happening. Um, but number two... <laughs> is a dumb thing yay so often when i write i like to watch dumb documentaries that are dumb on youtube Mm -hmm. and this one was from the 90s and it was a murder documentary like oh a lady is murdered by her husband who was a sexual deviant and i was like okay i gotta find out what kind of sexual deviancy this man was so that i can be angry about it um and they withheld this so long and i was like is he gay? Is he like, just want an open marriage? It sounded like he just wanted an open marriage. And like, it's totally okay for her to want a divorce when he decides to open a marriage against like what they agreed to. That's totes fine. And then it's not okay that he then killed her. Not saying that is, but I'm wondering (laughs) what the, they think sexual deviancy is. And it took forever. And then finally her friend was being interviewed and she's so serious. And she says, I just, I don't know if I want to talk about it, but she told me, and it was, he wanted her to stand over him and, and then this lady looked like she was about to throw up. She goes, pee into his mouth. (laughs) And I swear to God, I went, oh, that's it? (laughs) 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 Well, you can say no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i was and i was again not okay to murder her for wanting to divorce him like you know if she's not into that and also does not want to kiss a man who's into that i think that's fine you can divorce a person over something like that you can divorce a person over lots of things but and he should not have killed her but honest to god like all the build-up for this i was like oh <laughs> that was all <laughs> that, that was that was it man that could have been so much worse (laughs) (laughs) like he was the one who wanted that done to him like he wasn't like tying her down and then peeing on her he was like pee on me baby and (laughs) 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 And the lady was like just extrapolating from that and she's just like and i just don't know what else could he wanted like did he want her to like poop into his mouth and then eat it i was like i don't know maybe but like (laughs) god you're just like pulling things from the air now (laughs) (laughs) where did this take place um oh i don't remember where it happened like i feel like that didn't come up a whole lot 
But I do feel like it was like New Jersey or New York area or back east somewhere. I really don't remember, though. Mm. Oh, no, I do remember. I apologize. It was Texas. <laughs> it was well, Texas. that's why. Like, oh, um, my God, I've never heard of a single goddamn kink in my entire life. I don't know how any <laughs> of this works. Well, her family was originally from England. And they, um, oh, they're into all crazy they shit over traveled there. a lot around a lot. And then they handed up, I think the father was an engineer mm-hmm. and then he settled in, in Texas. And that's when his eldest daughter, who was in her twenties, like then met this guy. So, and this guy murdered her. Well, that was, and he sounds nice not so crazy pants. Like there seems like there was lots of reasons they got divorced because he seems like a fucking psychopath, but <laughs> Not a deviant. (laughs) (laughs) Not a sexual deviant. (laughs) Goodness. Anyway, that's apparently Claire stands up for P. Wright's hour. (laughs) Yay. P. Wright's. (laughs) Very sorry, everybody. Very sorry. Great. Neil, Um, what has got you hot and bothered? I have. uh, Mine is also two part. One is a dumb, dumb thing. Uh, (laughs) Donald Trump trading cards. (laughs) Wait, but wait, wait. Wait, okay. Nope. Okay, what are we trading? <laughs> no, jo- Donald Trump released some trading cards <laughs> of like him. Various pictures of him. Yeah, but they're like superimposed on superhero bodies. And I think I haven't done a lot of research, but I think somebody said a pack of them is like $90. Oh my God. Okay, look, I hate that man. I despise everything he stands for. But I have to say. We all have to recognize that man's merchandising hustle. <laughs> like, like, like that man was is like he sees an opportunity to put his name on something, to sell it. He's like, oh yeah, no problem. Let's get this going. Like, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. But also, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'm sending you Claire. A link to some pictures. God, I wish. Oh, oh my God. I wish wish he was not a mass murderer and a horrible psychopath because these would be fun to trade because they're so insane and stupid. Oh, they're NFTs to make it even worse. Okay. Here's one. Um, he's a cowboy one. He's an astronaut. One, he is a god of the of Wall Street. He's just standing in front of Wall Street numbers with uh, lightning bolts. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> one where he's standing outside of Trump Tower with, like, death lasers shooting out of his eyes. Anyway, so that's a thing that happened. <laughs> um, also, so I had uh, some friends moved into the neighborhood recently and um so now we get brunch a lot in our neighborhood so my brunch intake has gone up like 70 percent recently and that makes me really happy because i love brunch yay and sometimes brunch lasts 11 and a half hours (laughs) oh no because we go to brunch and then we go to the bar and then we end up at our place and then next thing we know it's like eight o'clock and we haven't eaten since brunch so we order a pizza <laughs> so God, that i like fun. listen i am on the varsity brunch team <laughs> so 
<laughs> if you want to have brunch with me, just be aware. Um, this is also hot and bothered or off topic. One of the two, I found a good boba place in San Antonio that delivers very quickly. And, uh, it was great. I had boba delivered right to me. Great. And, and it was not expensive. Oh, okay. So. That's nice. Joy. <laughs> also it's like oh just the one whereas like in our in our neighborhood in my neighborhood your old neighborhood it's like we would walk past six boba places <laughs> just trying to get somewhere i know uh well shall should we, we talk about some books let's talk about some books books tentacles and triathlons leviathan fitness book two by ashley bennett Leviathan Fitness is the favorite place of monsters, muscles, and a tentacled creature who can seduce even the hardest to win over human. When Parks Department Supervisor Reese Rollins decides to sign up for a triathlon, there are two things holding him back. One, his fear of monsters. Two, his subpar swimming skills. At the urging of his sister's woven mate, Reese joins Leviathan Fitness to train in the gym's Olympic-sized swimming pool. After running into Reese at the pool, Cyrus offers to help Reese get ready to win the race. New feelings arise from the depths as Reese and Cyrus learn that monsters and humans go together, tentacle in hand. The only question is, can these two hold on to their newfound love despite their differences? Tentacles and Triathlons is, a, is book two in the Leviathan Fitness series. Each book will center around the gym and feature a different monster pairing. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. It's like, here's how the series works. <laughs> also, there's some weird dashes in there that don't need to be there. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's what the book says. It's about Claire. Yeah. What is this book about? I mean, that covers it for the most part. I think there are some specific things. Okay. So this book starts off with a... A flashback to Reese's childhood, where he is going camping with his father, who is a mean old man and is very demanding. He tells Reese to go out and get some firewood. Um, Reese is like, I am eight and it is dark. (laughs) But I'm eight. (laughs) And his dad is like, you have to grow up sometime. Um, So he has to go out and just pick firewood. Um, He's scared because it's near a territory where there are lots of monsters. And uh, he's scared of monsters. And one of the monsters does come out and says some creepy ass things to him like, run! And he's like, ah! You shouldn't be alone in the forest, little boy. There are monsters out here. Yeah. Yep. So the kid runs and uh, is afraid of monsters after that ever since. So now as an adult, he's grappling with this fear because his sister has married a monster. Um, and this and is like a wolven, which is like a wolf human, I guess. I've also gotten the sense that because now monsters are integrated into society and I feel like that happened after our flashback. So like yes. since his growing up, monsters have come out of the proverbial closet and are now like humans and monsters living in tentacle in hand, as the book says. Yeah. So it definitely feels like this is something Reese should be cool with. Like mm-hmm. he's an adult. We know that monsters aren't are just like things that live among us. We gotta be chill about it, but he he's having a hard time with it. His prejudices mm-hmm. are pretty front and center. 
Um, but he's working on it because he loves his sister. Um, and on the other hand, we also have Cyrus, who is a kraken. <laughs> um, and it, I respect this writer because she just goes full monster with with her characters. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, he has like human hands and a human torso and human facial features, but he's got gills. He's got a pointy head. He's got lots and lots of tentacles. He's got tentacles and no legs. No legs. He just and sort we, of like. We find out later. No genitals. No genitals. <laughs> um, amazing. And two tongues. Two three tongues, hearts. three hearts. Can't lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two tongues, three hearts. Can't lose. <laughs> um. At that time, like Cyrus is an ancient sea creature who is going through a rough patch emotionally, as we all do. He's hit a depressive cycle and he does not know how to get out of it. His main thing is painting and he has not been able to pick up a paintbrush and he feels real bad. Um, but his friends at Leviathan, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, the Leviathan Fitness, the, you know, the monster the, gym. The monster gym are like trying to help him and keep him good. They invite him to the engagement party between the owner of the gym Atlas. and Atlas and uh, the sister. Yeah. Atlas is the sister's mate. Yes. The wolf person. What's the sister's name? Oh, I don't remember. It, it isn't brought up a whole lot. It doesn't matter terribly. It doesn't really. I mean, she's she doesn't even come up as a character all that like except for like once or twice, which I yeah. respect honestly. <laughs> like she yeah. lives her own life. Um, and Atlas doesn't come up either, um, all that often. Like we spend more time with other characters in this. Um, but anyway, at the party is where they meet. Uh, Reese is trying to be chill, but he is having a very hard time. Uh, Cyrus is trying to be nice, even though this human is kind of being very human-y about the whole interaction. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and then Cyrus's mating tentacle unwraps itself from Cyrus and reaches out and touches Reese. And Reese is like, <laughs> freaks the fuck out. Runs away practically. He's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And goes. And and Reese is like, man, he was just trying to be nice. Like, he was just like patting me on the shoulder with his tentacle. I should be chill. And Cyrus is all like, oh, my God, I touched him with my penis thing. It's not a penis <laughs> thing, but it's definitely a penis thing. And he's like, that is so embarrassing because now it means this guy's my mate because I did that, like, naturally. But he also hates me because it was gross. And so they both go to their embarrassment corners and neither of them can really communicate like exactly how embarrassing this was for each of them um but reese is also training for uh for a triathlon that's coming up i have to say though reese like gets so mad at himself <laughs> and but also part of it he just doesn't like to be touched a whole lot yeah. Just like in general, not just monsters, just like in general. He's like, I'm not really big on being touched. And like, that's perfectly fine. Oh, but then like, very fair. 
that's the thing that's wrong in that situation. And he ends up having to apologize to Cyrus about it. And it's like, yeah, I just don't like being touched. And Cyrus is like, okay, well, I accept your apology. I'm like, no, it's it's okay if someone doesn't like to be touched. Also, it's it's kind of like the equivalent of like, if you are talking to someone that you have literally just met and they reach over and just like slowly wrap one finger at a time on your arm, like up close to your elbow, like that's fucking weird and it's okay to be like that was weird what are you doing i don't like that but then it's like oh i can't believe i like because i don't want to get touched is like why i behave this way and that's a problem i'm like no it's not reese it's okay to not want to be touched yeah i mean that like there was a whole there was a good reason for both of these men to be embarrassed a good reason for both of them to assume the wrong thing about what the other one was thinking mm-hmm. and a good reason for them both to not actually have anything to apologize about like um and i i kind of wish like that was acknowledged a little bit more but um it's fine whatever because there's <laughs> so much about this book that i really did truly truly love um and then so reese is doing this triathlon he's super good at bikes he is super good at racing but he is a shit swimmer (laughs) (laughs) and this is a problem because he likes to win and he's upset about it uh he doesn't and and atlas is like oh just come to the gym you've got a free membership because you're family now and he's like but there's monsters there but i can't tell him that because that means i'm big in it <laughs> and he's a monster and he's a monster so he's Who like, also i just have to bring up atlas is super nice and part so of nice. reese's reese's journey is like oh my god he's the nicest guy i need to get over myself and then i also love he just he gives hugs atlas does but he never realizes how strong he is so it's just like two hard hugs and i was like <laughs> it's too hard but i don't want to say anything because he's just so nice and, <laughs> and i bet it's fun because he's furry so it's just like oh, oh a big furry like, hug yeah it's 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 adorable it is absolutely adorable Anyway, so Reese goes to the gym where he and Cyrus reconnect and Cyrus is like in in the pool already and Reese is like, oh man, watching this guy swim is fucking amazing. Um, And at which point Cyrus is like, do you want me to train you? I could totally do that. Um, And Reese is like, yeah, that would be very helpful. Reese is kind of saying yes in part because he just wants to get over his I hate monsters thing. Like, I think he's at that moment. He doesn't think he's actually going to get a whole lot out of this. He's just trying to be cool. He's just trying to be cool, y'all. I'm going to be cool. He's trying to be cool because I'm going to have to see a lot of monsters now because my sister's married one. The sister's name is Tegan. I looked it up. Yes. Yeah. Good job. I was like, Tammy? No, Tegan. Tegan. So like he is trying so hard, but then Cyrus goes back also because this is his mate and he's freaking out about this he does a shit ton of research on what it's like to train people for a triathlon (laughs) and he's like okay i got this and he's like well obviously i'm very good at swimming but also like his body's very different from mine yeah (laughs) may not actually how do these naked apes swim yeah (laughs) so and then yeah and from there uh they develop a friendship um and they get to know each other uh they 
have little arguments here and there, but overall it's really delightful. They had that one argument that of course led into the kissing and them fucking and it seemed really unmotivated to me. Oh, no. It wasn't just unmotivated. It was skipped. Ah! <laughs> so <laughs> so Reese has a sex dream. A seven pages long sex dream. It's good. It is good. It is super good. But I need to point out how long it is because most of these chapters are five pages. Sometimes four pages. Mm-hmm. Like These are short chapters. This sex dream took up more pages than most of the chapters did. As it should be. Has, and it was so good. And it was very sexy. And it was very revealing. And it was lovely and fun. And so Reese is feeling weird, real weirded out that he just had a sex dream about Cyrus. Mm-hmm. He so also when, somehow knows into how Cyrus's anatomy works. Yeah. Because at this point, we know that he fucks and comes through tentacles, his mating tentacles. But Reese doesn't know that. But in his dream, that's what happens. And I'm like, well, yeah. I guess good for you for like intuitively knowing how this works. <laughs> they kind of explain it later, actually, now that I'm remembering. A little bit, because it has something to do with the mating bond. Yeah. But anyway... Um... So he shows up the next day for swim practice, like just kind of fucked up in the head the way you do when you have an intense sex dream about a person that you're about to see. And he doesn't know what to do with all these feelings. And so he's feeling like really on edge and he's not really paying attention, which what we're led to believe because they skip this part it's like this is what happens he's like on edge cyrus is like why are you on edge he's like no reason at all but in this head he's like i have to quit like i have to like not Mm -hmm. do this at all so he's thinking about revving up into quitting cyrus is like how do i deal with this man being my mate when i don't know even know if he likes me so cyrus is going through some shit um reese dives into the pool Cut to, <laughs> uh, they have apparently had a very difficult training session. <laughs> and this is afterwards. Where and now they're yelling. They're yelling at each other. We just skip to the middle of the fight. Yeah, where it felt really weird. Reese is like, you're just pushing me so hard and I don't know what to do about it. And Cyrus is like, you were the one who wanted me to push you really hard. This is, and he's like, well, it kind of reminds me of my dad. And he's like, well, shit, I didn't know that. And he's like, well, no, actually, I kind of like it. And he's like, what do you mean you kind of like it? And then now let's start kissing. And it was like, like, okay, we skipped the part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really did need the training session. Like it would have been great to see like, Cyrus yelling at him, like yelling at Reese, like he always does, because it's loud in a pool. Yeah, and there's this thing to freaking the fuck out and being like, I am working my hardest, and them having like these little tiffs all Mm -hmm. during the training session that lead to a big one. Like maybe like Reese gets out of the pool and he stomps off, Mm -hmm. and he like genuinely is having awful feelings about what happened. Uh, but no, we don't get that. We just no. skip to the middle and then we just have a very long, fun sex scene. The thing is, too, like there's a part I can't remember if it's in the sex stream or a little bit later. Um, so Reese likes to be a sub and he's like, oh, and Cyrus is so dominating like he is during our training sessions. Except whenever we see the training sessions, Cyrus is like, so I figured we could work on this today. Does that sound good? 
and he's just like very sweet and amiable the whole time. I'm like, no, I wanted to see him be a little more, a little more dom during the training session so that we could like have that transition. But that's not really what happened. Not at all. No. Um, and then they fuck in a shower stall. And then they fuck in a shower stall. So I'm going to s- kind of skip forward. But can I make sorry happens- one comment about the, the shower sex is yeah. after they're done and when Cyrus has had it, it's like, I just had sex with my mate in the bathroom of the gym that my best friend owns. And I highlighted that. I'm like, I bet that's a lot of gay male couples meet cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I want to, we'll focus back on the sex because most of this book spends a lot of time on sex mm-hmm. and good for this book. Yeah. Um, and, we got and all kinds of kinks up in here too. All kinds of kinks. And I think it does it really well. So I want to go back to it. But from here, we kind of get just a really nice adult relationship. Like, um, I feel like Reese has some heavy-duty issues he needs to work through. Mm -hmm. And he can't just talk about them. He can't just get them out. So when he does ask, he's like, can we keep this relationship a secret for now while I'm kind of, you know, dealing with stuff? Mm -hmm. And Cyrus is like, yes. Now, what I expected to come of this was the normal, you don't like me, you want to keep me a secret because you're ashamed of me. That plot line, and that never came up. And I was Mm -hmm. so excited. (laughs) Because it was just two people dealing with this like adults. (laughs) Right. But then from that point forward, there were no more barriers to the relationship. No more barriers at all. And then, like, I was surprised. Reese never tells Cyrus about the experience that he had when he was eight. So as far as Cyrus knows, Reese is just a bigot until he decides to fuck a monster and then he's not a bigot anymore. I was waiting for Reese to like have the conversation of like, this is what happened to me. This is why I feel this way. This is why I'm uneasy around monsters. And for like Cyrus to be able to be like, oh, I understand. And so let's like go well, from it there. it kind of happened in two places. Because um, there was a part where Tegan was talking alone with Cyrus and Tegan says thank you to Cyrus and Cyrus that, that at this point their relationship's not in the open and Cyrus is like what and Tegan's like look I don't know what's going on between the two of you and that's none of my business but all I know is since you started training with him he's been better at like both himself and about monsters in general but also like when we were kids he had an experience with a monster that was really scary and awful and so then, so that's when Cyrus knew a little bit about that. Then the next one was, uh, they were out. I think this was uh, the first time they did swimming. Um, in the lake. In the lake where he yeah. almost drowns. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Reese has just this sort of expulsion of feelings and like all the things that are sort of been holding him back. And in that monologue, he does briefly, briefly mention that um, when he was young, he had an encounter with a monster that was truly scary and awful. But then he says, I know that shouldn't be what colors my entire perception. Um, so, but it's a huge monologue. Like he goes on and he just says the whole thing. Um, and at that point, Cyrus is like, okay, got it. So you're going through a lot. <laughs> cool do you need hugs and reese is like yes (laughs) and like and it's very sweet and charming and what wraps that up is at the very end during one of the epilogues 
Um, Cyrus turns to Reese because they're getting ready for the day because they obviously live together. And he turns to Reese and he's like, do you have your therapy appointment today? And Reese goes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like it wasn't brought up that much in part because I think the writer's knowledge was, was smart enough to know that bigotry does not just is not born of just one encounter mm-hmm. and it doesn't live in us as like one encounter. And it works beyond that. Like that may be the touchstone for it or like the thing that holds up our whole bigotry lives and selves, but it is not the entirety of it. And that one needs therapy to work through shit, <laughs> <laughs> not just good sex. And I, so I really appreciated that, uh, magic dick did not save Reese's life. Yes, but, yes, um, but. they're in that monologue where Tegan is thinking Cyrus. She literally says, it seems like you fixed him. Yes. Which I was, I, I wanted Reese to start going to therapy earlier. No, I agree. I agree. And I, um, but yeah, I'm willing to give out a little bit of a pass cause she's an outsider, but anyway, you're right. I mean, at that point, really the story is over. Like right. once, once the two of them get together the story is over, there's no barriers to entry. They just right. have a normal adult relationship after that. And it's sweet. Cause there's the thing too, like in one of the last chapters where Cyrus is like, I need to tell Reese that he's my mate because he's been nervous about telling him this whole time and the thing is that like like sure there's there's the like the nebulous stakes of oh it'll freak him out whatever whatever but like it felt like the mate thing and the love thing were different and this like this is like I'm I'm not a huge fan of like the faded mate everything is decided for me and then now there's nothing I can do about it trope um but it it felt like the the mate thing and falling in love were two different things and it's like now that i've fallen in love i have to tell him he's my mate and then he might not like that or he might freak out about that and it's just like that is apparent right as cyrus is about to tell him but throughout the rest of the book so I was just like, he's my mate. I'm so proud of my mate. And like those, those, we weren't reminded of those stakes or those stakes didn't influence Cyrus yeah. in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it's and, like, and I would have just... loved to have had moments where he's like, oh my God, we're falling in love. It'll hurt so much more when I tell him that we're mates and he decides to leave me or something like that. Yeah. No, I would have liked that too. And there were times where the mate stuff came up that I thought was irrational. It's like, <laughs> like oh my God. Uh, Cause Reese is drowning. Cyrus goes uh-huh. out and saves him, and Cyrus thinks in his head, like, uh, because he's my mate, if something had happened to him, I don't know what I would have done. And all I think is, like, I mean, that should be anybody who's, like, special someone drowns. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like the answer is, I don't know what I would have done is definitely, like, we didn't realize, I didn't, it didn't say till later that the stakes are, oh, he would have straight up died. <laughs> like, not suicide. Like, he just would have died. And we're like, oh, that could have been made clearer. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, no. So I was like, no, anybody should feel bad watching someone else drown. Like, that's a bad thing. <laughs> that's, that's bad when that happens. But anyway, yeah. And there was other things that I thought were going to be plot devices. Like, 
that Reese has been painting, or Cyrus has been painting all of these pictures of Reese, and that they're going to be shown in a gallery, and mm-hmm. that he started doing that before they were dating. Yeah. Right? That, that's going to come up, and that is definitely a fall from love point. Definitely, if, if somebody I was dating, and I found out that they had painted all of these portraits of me, okay, fine, whatever, that's, you know, you had a crush, and that's how you got it out. I've definitely written fan fiction based on real people who I thought were hot on the bus. I get it. But then to like put it in a gallery and it's so obviously you, like that's a lot. That is a lot. There's also that was also not a big deal. Yeah, he also has this moment because Cyrus, um, I think he's the only Kraken that he knows and has known for a very long time. And he he's he has this he has these feelings and how true they are, who knows? But he's like, even like as monsters go, I'm like pretty alien to people. Um, and so the very first painting he paints is Reese and this gorgeous merman underwater and like mm-hmm. going towards the surface. And it's obvious that he was like, I want to be this gorgeous merman because I know that's what Reese would want. And then towards the end, there's this really sweet moment where he realizes that he is worthy of love. So he paints over the merman and paints himself into the painting. I'm like, this is really great. Could we have referred back to this at any other point in the book, please? Like, it would have been nice to have moments where he's like, if only I could be like that merman that I painted for him. If only it could be as beautiful for him as I painted myself in that painting. Because we just like forgot about it. Yeah. It, there, this is not this is not a long book, but when he paints the painting to when he repaints the painting is most of the book. So we've forgotten about that painting and why he painted it that way until we have the payoff of him doing it. And it's like, it's not as impactful when I forgot that this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that I think also could have been something because after Cyrus, afterwards, Cyrus is perfect. He's yeah. great. Um, it would have been nice to have him have just that hint of insecurity of anybody who is somebody else's first. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm their first, but they're my forever. And wh- when they're like, when they realize that there's other options out there, are they going to leave me for those other options? Like, that's some pretty heavy-duty stuff. And that's mm-hmm. a real thing. And that is a real fear. And that is also a real possibility that I thought would have been more than good to talk about. But not, but glossed over at best. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they get together and it's fine. Uh, they get together and it's fine. <laughs> um, oh, if anybody's except... curious, Reese does not win the triathlon, but he does his best. He meets everybody. his personal goal. Yeah. Which is very nice and realistic. Um, we find out in the epilogue that because they're mates, um, Reese gets to live a little bit longer, but now Cyrus lives a whole lot shorter. And basically, as soon as Reese dies, that means Cyrus dies. And Reese hears this and says, Oh, good. He won't have to live long without me. How wonderful. I'm like, I know. What? That is so narcissistic. Right? <laughs> I was like, Absolutely not. I did not want this in the book. I was like, no, 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 lift this out. I would have been more than happy for like Reese to say like, oh, that's so awful. Like I would have loved for you to just go on and meet another person. 
Yeah, right. Enjoy your long life, like whatever that means for you. But no, fuck it. I'm just glad you're going to die. I also learned a new phrase. Oh, yeah? Cockwarming. Oh, I was just about to get to that. (laughs) I was like, what? And it does explain what it is. And then I looked it up on Urban Dictionary. I was like, oh, I'm familiar with that as a concept. I just didn't know that 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 it had a name. Tell the people. Cockwarming. Which I think is a, oh, I don't like it. Um, I don't like the word. The practice is perfectly fine. Uh, cockworming is a partner with a penis keeping their penis in their partner's mouth or other orifices and just like hanging out there. And like, I get it. It's like, oh, like, yeah, it's like keeps your cockworm or whatever. But it's also like an extra level of intimacy. That's like, but it's, you know, like you're inside them, but you're not like actively fucking or whatever. And I'm like, I totally get it. Cockworming to me. I don't know. It, to me, it feels like you knit a little, a little koozie and you put it on the, (laughs) put it on the penis. And I will say like, it kind of, it works great in this book because there is one way telepathy in this Uh book. Uh, Cyrus can project his thoughts into Reese's mind. Mm -hmm. And so they can communicate when Cyrus is blowing Reese. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that would make that so much easier. That would make that so much easier. Right. (laughs) But also, yeah, all the times that like you're going down on the guy and he's like, oh, you like that, don't you? Like, I wish I could be more articulate in this moment. Uh, But also Cyrus has little piranha teeth. So he needs to be careful when he's got a dick in his mouth. So, but when they do the cock warming, like Cyrus is like, oh my God, you have been having a hard time sleeping. I know exactly what to do for you. He's like, what? Just lie back and let me put your dick in my mouth. And then just fall asleep. <laughs> and <laughs> Reese is like, that sounds weird. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. It's comforting. It's like a hug for your cock in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouth hug for your penis. <laughs> and it does help Cyrus sleep. so Or Reese sleep. So that works yeah. out. Um, this was a line from Reese that I especially enjoyed. What can I say? I'm a pillow princess. Uh, there, there was some truth to the statement. Don't get me wrong, giving was great, but so was receiving with absolutely the least amount of work necessary. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't have time for you. <laughs> and that's all Cyrus wants. Cyrus wants to do all the work. That's very true. And it's so obvious up, that he does. He says, he says up front, he's like, I mean, like, other than my mouth, I don't have any fuckable holes. So it's all on you. It's like, okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, can we talk about how gorgeous this cover art is. It is so beautiful. It's um, so beautiful. And absolutely. Alex Conkins, like well done. I mean, I would definitely like five eggs for a Reese. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know. I'd, I'd fuck that sea monster. I'm going to give five to Cyrus as well. I want to give, I'm going to give Reese five eggs. I'll give Cyrus four eggs. Oh, you're gonna, like weird. Tentacles out aren't my gills. thing. Oh, okay. So, um, and then also the chapters 
have who's whose ever point of view it is has a little has a little drawing of their face and they change expressions over the course of the book depending on how they feel in that chapter and they're really cute yeah cute little oh they're so sweet um really they're really fun uh, um a couple of things about the sex in this book as well there are a couple of sexting scenes (gasps) <gasps> yeah and a we've had cam of, like, sex and for the first sex. time as far and as i know as far as i know and honestly these were really well written they were really like, well done this is like for all those people who don't know how to do it if you're if you are out there and you're like how does one even get this going or i want to try this but how does one start read this book yeah this is an excellent example of how to enjoy it mm-hmm. how to get into it how to start it yeah i mean like well done well yeah. done this fucking the, the dumb sub stuff is it feels very realistic and then also is very well done and then also is very like there's a there's a point where cyrus is like yeah I know, i'm gonna cuddle you because aftercare is important they hadn't done anything like especially crazy but yeah sure always just like cuddle and like it mentions aftercare and so it's very ethical about it and then, there's a part oh my god i lo- <laughs> fucking love this um where, because Reese is into being a sub, into degradation, into uh, praise, all kinds of stuff. And there's a part where Cyrus says out loud to him, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fuck you from both ends until you're dripping with my cum, you little cum slut. And Reese is all in it. And then in Cyrus's head, he's like, that wasn't really my thing. But, like, if he's <laughs> into it, I'll go along with it. I'm like, could have fooled me, bitch. <laughs> You've obviously had practice of this. You just went for it. like You just went for it. <laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit of... Um, um, I read an essay once where a woman was talking about having sex with her husband. And she's like, spank me. And so he does... And she, she, you know, she made the ooh noise. And she liked it. But she didn't really like it. She wasn't really into it. But mm-hmm. she also didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. And but he was like, oh, she likes this. And next time they had sex, he just like walloped her a bunch. But she was just like, oh, I definitely don't like this. Oh no! <laughs> but they were like, just like not able to communicate what they both wanted. And he, she had to stop and go, why did you do that? And he's like, I thought you liked it. And she's like, I do not. And he says, oh, good, because I hated it. <laughs> oh. He's like, but if you liked it, I was in. (laughs) She's just like, you gave it your all. And I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, Also, there's a note, an author's note at the beginning that in an earlier version that Reese was a cop. And her author was like, no, nope. And now he's in the parks department. And I'm like, good job. Except very little was changed. So it's like, oh, it's like, well, my dad was in the parks department. So that means I had to be in the parks department. It's like, no, cop. You meant cop. You just I changed know, it to parks department. I know, but it kind of made it funnier because, like, they were so serious about the parks department. And, like, he <laughs> had his partner in the parks department. We have to drive then, around like, for the parks department. And they were so tough in the parks department. And I was and, like... like I fucking they, love it. It's fine. They weren't even like forest rangers. They just, and we don't even know what their jobs actually were for the parks department. <laughs> they never really got into it. Because when you say cop, like, you know what the job description is. When you say parks department, it's like, well, that 
could be anything, really. <laughs> He's like, I gotta be fit for the working of the parks department. The parks, they, sh- <laughs> they should have been forest rangers, and then all of it would have made sense. I know, but honestly, fuck it. I mean, <laughs> fuck I, it, parks department. I kind of love that it was like this statement at the top, like I've changed how I feel about cops, and I am going to change that in my book. And then the bare minimum was done. <laughs> In such a way that it highlights how dumb it is that it's cops anyway. <laughs> because all we know about cops is they have a partner and they drive around. And they drive around <laughs> for the parks department. God. Yeah, no, I fucking loved it. And also at the end, like, she was doing her thank yous and she has, like, a bunch of people who are helping or, like, no, not her, but I think the, um, Alex, the, uh, the illustrator, like, was thanking their um uh their canva their canva cunts for helping on the <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah there was also a special name. thanks to beignets yep oh that was one of my favorite lines too but anyway yeah uh, yeah that was that book that was that, <laughs> that, book. Was, that was tentacles and triathlons leviathan fitness book two by ashley bennett with illustrations by alex conkins Swearing at a Sea Monster, An Enemies to Lovers, Monster, Romance, Folk Haven, Book 3, by Lauren Connolly. Moira enjoys a well-run town, cozy mystery novels, and swimming in the ocean. She does not enjoy being in the same room as a handsome sea monster. Moira McNamara cannot stand Levi Abadi. And has nothing to, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he's a literal monster. Who cares that the man can, can transform into a terrifying beast? The truly bothersome things are how he ambushes her in council meetings and wants to demolish her prime real estate on Lake Galen. Plus, there's the whole history of his father stealing a precious silky pelt from her family. Moira will go as far as to enter a dangerous magical competition just to win an argument against the infuriating monster. He'll make the busybody Selkie back down whatever it takes. Levi is only months from the grand opening of his luxury spa, and he does not need literal duels happening on the vacant property next door. The stubborn Selkie owner of his land knows just as well as he does that the ground is steeped in toxic magic and bad things will continue to happen if no one clears out the evil vibes. Problem is, when Moira comes up with a plan, Levi somehow gets roped in as her assistant. Fine, as long as this means there's nothing bothering his future customers during their relaxation. On the pair's quest to cleanse the lakeside property, the two mythical enemies find themselves on common ground. Ground they lay down on, roll on, and maybe lose a few pieces of clothing on. But secrets of the past and new dangers in town of Folkhaven threaten the fragile romance between the Selkie and the sea monster. Dive into the magical <laughs> waters of Lake Galen and the book three in the Folkhaven series, a 70,000 plus word paranormal romance. Fans of Molly Harper, uh, Gina Showalter, and Cresley Cole will add this to their bookshelf. And that is the back cover. <laughs> God, it's so long. Also, I'm glad that I, I mean, like, I never read the covers of the books that you pick. 
beforehand. I just read the books. And I'm really glad that I read the book first because there is so much nonsense words on that. <laughs> it's just like, the precious Selkie pelt. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Fortunately, because I've read the book, I'm like, oh, I get it. And I understand why all this is important. But if you are just picking this up out of nowhere, that was gobbledygook. You're like, I don't know what any oh of this God. means. Like, honestly... <laughs> All I need was, uh, she's a real estate agent and a selkie in a f in this folk haven town. He's a sea monster, uh, a leviathan actually. He's a leviathan and also an owner of an up and coming cool spa. They are both on the city council and they have arguments over a land. Who will win or will they have sex? Like that's literally all the back of this cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. I like I feel like okay one this is also a huge hint onto how overwritten this book is just a bath a tubbin <laughs> a bath a tubbin oh my god but um, then we have a really fun bathtub scene yes oh. well maybe Claire doesn't know and why does Claire not know because she likes to ensure that her um, mate in podcasting um, has done more work than she has because <laughs> she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I only read 30% of this book. <laughs> and I don't know what happens after 30% uh, of this book. Great. So Neil will Everything's cover it. Fine. And I will be surprised at so many things. <laughs> Okay, so we have to do some bit of world building first because it's very important. And this is book three of the series, so I'm sure a lot of this, it'll seem like an info dump, but I'm sure during the series it all makes sense. So there's this town called Folkhaven where uh, different mythic creatures live. Um, we're talking witches, we're talking sirens, we're talking werewolves, we'll we're talking, I think there's some harpies in there too. Like There's dragons. Dragons, and uh, Moira is what's called a selkie, which is something from um, Scottish mythology, and it was a woman who had a magical pelt, and she would turn, put it on, and then she was a seal, and then she'd go swim in the ocean as a seal. Mm -hmm. Um... And the different types of mythic creatures are sort of divided up into like, um, like taxon taxonomy types. So there's yeah. of the wing, of the claw, of the scale. I think no, of the of the fin, yeah. of the wing, of the claw, of the fin, and then witches, and then. There's a fifth type, which is if people that are different types of mythic creatures have a kid together, that kid will just sort of like take random elements from either parent and then become a monster. Yes. But there's also like, I feel like there's a subcategory of mystics. So like some of these monsters cannot also do magic. They're just things that exist. And then, so, but some of them can do magic as well. Yes, especially the witches. And dragons. And dragons. <laughs> and our sea monster. Yes, because his mom is a witch. Yes. Right. But not Moira. Not Moira. Correct. So 
this town, Folkhaven, is made up of mythic creatures and humans. There are also humans there. I don't know why the humans Un- are there. Unhappily. Like, nobody wants them there. And they also don't seem to like the town. <laughs> right. So then what they decided to do is to divide up the town. So like segregate. Segregate. <laughs> they segregated the town. They apartheided so, the town. To the point that like, oh, you're a witch, so you have to buy property in the witch section of town. You are not allowed to buy property anywhere else in town. Uh, and then Moira's the only real estate agent, so she's supporting this racist system. Until and it takes it literally takes halfway through this book before she's like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't do this." I mean, monsters weren't even allowed on the city council until Levi showed up. Until and, very recently, right? So monsters and he have was like let me on. <laughs> monsters have their own part of town, which of course is like the furthest away, and then monsters weren't represented on. So there's like the city council and then the mythic city council and the mythic city council has a member of each type of mythic. And then monsters were not represented until very recently. Levi is the first monster city council person. So, you know, segregation, racism, all kinds of great stuff. It's great. Anyway, we kick off and there's a there's a plot of land on the lake called plot 236 230 plot 236 yep which moira owns and it's undeveloped they recently tore down a shack that was on it and it seemed to release some evil magic from an old sorcerer that used to live on the lake so now like the plot is like seeped in bad magic and like bad stuff is happening levi owns the plot next like the next plot over and he's in the process of building his spa that he's about to op- about to open the name of the spa is haven's relaxation something there are a few things that i take umbrage with about the about this book but the the only thing about this book two things two things made me angry the thing that made me probably the angriest is the names of businesses in this town are fucking stupid <laughs> opportunities for puns i know or at least just like like all you only have to name it haven like that yeah. sounds like a spa yeah <laughs> so the spa or, is called haven's relaxation the bar is called local brew <laughs> and then the bank which is run by the werewolves is called wolf trust bank <laughs> and here's the thing why not first howl <laughs> 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 Here's the thing. Imagine that. Okay, so all the mythics know why it's called the Wolf Trust Bank. Imagine you're a human who moves into this town, and it's like, oh yeah, the bank is called Wolf Trust. Why? No bank has ever been named anything remotely close to that. I would definitely think that it was like, um, like the San Francisco Firefighters Credit Union. Um, I would just think it was like a trust set up for, for like, a wolf conservatory. And <laughs> also they're like, oh, and we kind of opened it up. So now it's also like a credit union. <laughs> I'd be like, great, a credit union that gives money to wolves. I'm down. <laughs> Sounds great. For every hundred dollars you spend, we donate a dollar to wolves. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Great. Anyway. 
so essentially, um, Levi feels that it's gotten to the point, it's gone past the point of Moira being able to deal with this plot of land and it's becoming an issue for the city. So he brings it up at a council meeting. Moira's fucking. Say, yeah. If anybody out there is a policy wonk and they just thought to themselves, I love policy, I just also wish there was a hint of magic and witchcraft in it. This book is for you. This book is for you. This is a very policy wonky book for (laughs) a small town (laughs) where there's witchcraft. (laughs) Where there's witchcraft. But but then also, you know, like, Moira's the only real estate agent. And she's like, oh, some say that I have a monopoly on the real estate business. And they would be correct. And then also, like, she gets to decide where people live. And, like, her job is enforcing these, like, monster ghettos. Yeah, she it's should crazy. not be on the council. Like, that is inappropriate. <sighs> anyway. So, um, Levi basically brings up, like, hey, this plot of land is fucking shit up. I think we should do something. I'm more than happy to, like, pay to have it, like, have a cleansing burn go through the property and then everything will grow back and we can move on with our lives and then in Moira's head she's like no because the thing that they don't know about and it's like okay this book I have to say another thing that miffed me is like Dan Brown level of withholding information from us where it's oh like my God. I have a secret that they don't know we're in your head and you're not going to tell us the secret okay sure <laughs> we're just going to wait for it to, to show up I guess I, I kept thinking it was like Okay, is it? And she's just like, you can't burn it down. It's beautiful. And I was like, is that the only reason? Because it's beautiful. Does it have wolves on it that they're trying to conserve? Also, genuinely seems like you should have taken care of this problem. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. So, like, it can be cleansed by a witch if that is like their specialty. But witches are really guarded about what their specialties are. So she can't even like, and then you have to pay them. So it's like, this is a really terrible business practice. If you want money for this thing that you're good at, but you're not telling anyone you're good at this thing. No, they're anyway. like specialization therapists who don't list their specialization on uh, on their website. <laughs> and then when you call them, they're like, oh no, I don't actually... I can't, I'm I'm not a stress and anxiety person. You're going to have to call somebody else. That is exactly what it is. And you don't know how much they're going to charge until after your first session. Can you recommend anyone else? Oh, no, that would be unethical of me to tell you. 100%. That is exactly what it's like. It's like, really that bizarre. Is... Also, at one point, and this is like kind of important, not really. These two witch sisters show up who don't live in the town. And they're like... Hey, so we want to buy this house that is in the not witch section and we want to buy it because we want to turn it into a magical library where like we've, we've been traveling the country collecting witches grimoires and we want to have like a place where all of those can be stored and protected and preserved. And it's like, everything is donation. We have all these people's permission to do this thing. This one house in the other part of town would be perfect. And everyone's like, no, because of segregation. <laughs> and one of the witches is like, yeah, we don't understand why you do this. And that, <laughs> that kicks off in Moira's head. Maybe we shouldn't have segregation. Anyway. It made me think, oh, there are other mystical, mystical like cities out there that I, don't I think, segregate. <laughs> I think there are 
enclaves of mythics in other cities, but they aren't like entrenched. This th- like this town was founded for mythics. Mm-mm. And I feel like it's the only one. Whereas, like, if you go to, probably go to a big city, you could find mythic communities there, but they don't have like the secret shadow government and all of that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so then, um, we find out there's this competition called the Galen's Gauntlet because it's Lake Galen, and there's this gauntlet where people go through these like magical obstacle courses. And I was super hoping it was another triathlon. Cause I was like, oh, <laughs> secret, secret theme is secret triathlon. Theme is triathlons. <laughs> um, and it is, uh, you get a prize, like you get prize money. So there's an entry fee and then the winner gets a portion of that money, which is apparently very significant. And then the other money sort of gets dispersed around the community. But then you also get to, win a bit of information from a siren and it's established probably in the earlier books but it's established all throughout this book that sirens have all this lore and knowledge and they communicate it by singing but the thing is as soon as you stop hearing a siren song you've forgotten the the whole thing like you can't remember any of it you just sort of get like a feeling impression that it was like beautiful music but apparently if you win this then you get a siren song that you get to remember or something i don't know so moira's like i'm entering the thing because maybe they'll tell me a witch i can go to to fix this and then levi's like i'm entering with you and she's like fucking why and he's like because i also want you to fix your shit and this is going to be hard, so we're going to help each other. There's one point, too. She pulls out a knife that she keeps in her purse, and she's not threatening him with it, but she's just sort of, like, brandishing the knife, and he's like, why did that just turn me on? She threatens him, <laughs> she threatens him with violence quite a bit, and he's like, that shouldn't turn me on, but it totally does. I love it yeah. when she says she wants to beat me up. I'm like, okay, get it, girl. Okay, so... Now we're going to get to the things Claire expects to happen based on how much she's read. Uh-huh. Uh, one, that uh, she's going to top the sea monster to, and have fun, and that's going to be their sex lives. Uh, two, that these witches who have come in to buy a property uh, turn out to be the ones that save the day in the end. And three, um, that... No, that's it. Those were my big things. I think right. like I, I had no other expectations of this book other than it would over explain every motherfucking thing to me and also under explain all the things I cared about. I was like, it did not explain what a Selkie was for the longest time. It was like, yeah, and I do not want to Google this. That is something you've <laughs> got to tell me. <laughs> but I think the first two books are also about Selkies. I think that's why. Okay, I I guess. I'm not going to give him a pass on that. Because there's also a thing that comes up later that's like, oh, we found the thief. And I was like, they didn't mention this at all, but I think it's from like an earlier book. Anyway, um, so then they enter Galen's Gauntlet, and it's just them in the lake. And the thing about um, mythics is they have a human form and a not human form. Except witches can't transform and there are monsters that are just, that just have a monster form. And in fact, we need to talk about Satine, who is Levi's friend 
and X, but they're still friends. And I highlighted that. I was like, this is the greenest flag of any love interest we have ever had in this book. That's just like, yeah, we dated and we just realized we'd be better friends. But then also like, she still plays a very important part in the book because she's she only has a monster form so she's not allowed to like go out in the town and like she there's no way for her to hide that she's a monster so even the other mythics are like like she's the cautionary tale of what happens if you like produce offspring with a different type of mythic you'll get an accident like her kind of thing but it also produced my very favorite moment in the book where they're uh talking about their work lives and she's bitching She's bitching to him about it, to Levi about it. And she's just like, oh, my boss wants me to come into the office. And I'm like, <laughs> why? I am your best employee. But he keeps saying like, oh, I want you to come to the office and I need you to be on camera for this. And I'm like, why? I get all my work done. I don't need to be on camera. I can stay remote. And I was like, girl, I get you. <laughs> I understand. Oh, the yeah. whole world gets you. I want you to have a romance novel. <laughs> uh, also, um, Levi has a lot of baggage around being a monster. Um, and this sort of like, oh, I'm able to to look like a human and I'm able to like distance myself from my monster side and like that whole conflict within him. And there's this really lovely scene um, between Satine and Moira, where Satine's like, so like you know how you feel whole with your other form, he doesn't. He feels split, and he's always felt split, and that's why he's going on with this baggage. Plus, his mom's a bitch because his mom is real racist against monsters, despite the fact that she has a monster child. Oh no! Yeah, it's rough. Anyway, so they get into the gauntlet, and then. But it's fun. It's a fun action scene. Um, And then... So this book has a lot of forced proximity. But there's magic involved, so it feels fun. Like, one one of the things in the gauntlet is they get trapped in a cage. And, like, because of the story that is, like, the founding myth of the town. Like, the only way you can get out of this cage is if you kiss the person you're in the cage with. And, of course, she turns around and it's Levi. And she says something like, oh, shit, or something. And then jumps to Levi's perspective. And he's like, I'm going to try and not take that personally. And she's, like, <laughs> scrambling to get out of the cage. And she's like, fine. And she turns around and he's like, I expected it just to be this, like, peck. But she's, like angry kisses him <laughs> until the, the cage opens and she's like okay fine now um but then there's a moment where she gets hit with, there are these magic bubbles that if you if you hit them they make you feel different feelings and she gets hit by this bubble that like makes her frightened and like he has the opportunity to pull ahead to win the thing but he decides to stay behind and like help comfort her and make her feel better and like so then later when we have sexy times, she also thinks back on that moment of like, Oh, we shared this like really um, like intimate vulnerable moment. And he was there for me. So I feel that this book does the hate to love better than most of the books that we have ever read. There are moments where um, we see 
sort of the relationship go forward, then take a step back, then move forward, then take a step back. And then it also isn't just about how much they want to fuck each other. There are moments where they bond over things and they like reference back to feelings that they have. And I was like, great, this part is really well done. I really enjoyed it. I mean, even like the the parts that I read, um, I, I would say... You, like they definitely felt like they were hot for each other but one of the things they did like was when they both agreed on something in council meeting even though they had just had a huge fight about something mm-hmm. and they looked to each other for like mm-hmm. you know when you look when you're working and you look to your work partner across a meeting for like the did you just fucking hear what i heard mm-hmm. so you could do like that i thing with them mm-hmm. and that's what they do and they both realize at the same time they're like did i just look at him for that and they're both like, well, yeah, because he gets it or <laughs> she gets it. And like, yeah. there's this sort of recognition that there are things about each other that they already do like and mm-hmm. respect. It's yeah. just that circumstances cause them to dislike this thing. And unbeknownst to us, for very good reasons, those are very personal. One of them being her bigotry against his type of people. And which is very personal and not something you can just get over very quickly, but yet still have an attraction for and a respect right. for. And it's not even like his type of people. It's very specifically his father. Yeah. Because there's this family legend that her great grand, great grand aunt, her great grand aunt's pelt was stolen by Levi's father. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, we hate that whole family now because it's been 170 years or whatever and he's never given it back and like the selkies need they need the pelt to like be in their seal form so it's it's like half it's a of, part of her, their soul yeah like half of her soul was stolen and so she's like obviously and it's there were also really interesting moments too where she's like where Levi's like, well, you hate me because I'm a monster. She's like, no, 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 no. It's not because you're a monster. I hate you personally. And he's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's progress, I guess. <laughs> Better? <laughs> Better? Anyway, so they don't win the gauntlet. And then um, they have to go through. Did you read the scene where that rich asshole came in and wanted to buy her plot of land? Yeah. And she was like, oh, I, you know, one, it was a whole danger sign that humans were even showing up. Mm-hmm. and especially like because now they have to like work on the wards that sort of protect the city from getting more attraction from humans like yeah something is wrong with that's the wards. not nearly as important as you think it is later but just keep Fuck, a pin in it i mean that just seems so important i know that seems so important i know Ugh. i think it's and he was offering her like a shit ton of money and she was like this isn't just some guy this is this like is developer money yeah um, anyway, so then after the thing, after the, the gauntlet, she's like, I need to figure out where to find a cleansing witch to like make this happen. So she's like calling in favors, doing some, some sleuthing, whatever. Meanwhile, Levi's like, I have to go talk to my mom. It's been long enough that I need to go say hi to my mom or whatever, even though it's really hard for me because she's racist against monsters okay um and then guess who the the one cleansing witch in town is his mom and they they run into each other at his mom's house and apparently she's like she's a bitch she's dangerous she's racist but she's also very good at what she does and she's like okay yeah so i can totally do what i what i need to do but i need 13 gallons of seawater 
and I have to be the one to draw it out of the sea. And I don't have time to drive a day to get to the ocean. So... Fuck, because 13 gallons is not that much. Right, but here's... But then here's what happens. Where Morva's like, well, what are we going to do? And then and then I think this is from Levi's point of view. And it's like, and of course, my mom had a convenient answer. And the mom's like, well, any one of my bloodline could do it. Why don't you have my son take you out to the ocean? So then they're stuck on this road <laughs> trip together. <laughs> and they do this thing. Oh, my God. It was... They... Um, Moira's like, obviously, I don't want to have to talk to this guy. So she queued up a shit ton of, like, cozy mystery audiobooks. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to, like, as soon as he gets in the car, she just hits play. And she's like, okay, that's all we're doing. And then they have this really cute exchange where he's like, oh, it was totally the boyfriend. And she's like, no, it wasn't. And he's like, yeah, it was. It was totally the boyfriend. Watch. And they're like, oh, you want to bet? And they have this cute thing. And then, like, the very next thing that happens is they find in the book that they're listening to, they find the boyfriend's body. And so they have this ongoing thing where he keeps proposing the wrong <laughs> Person as the suspect, and Moira's like, "No, that's bad. You're a bad detective." But it's like really endearing. Oh my god, that's so fun. I know. And then there's this really beautiful moment. This book has some really good show don't tell moments, and I'd like to share one with you. So they're in the car, and they get caught in traffic. And then there's this moment where it's like they have to turn the car off because they'll waste gas, but it's so hot. So he and there's no AC because they turn the car off. So she's like, "Well, why don't you just take off your shirt?" Why did I say that? Why did I say that? Why did I say that? It's like, well, if you insist. So he like <laughs> takes off his shirt, and then that leads to they have a bit of a fight. So they take like a step back in in the progress of the romance, and then. After the 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 traffic gets moving again, and they've like sort of reached an end, they don't conclude the fight, but it's like we're done for now, kind of thing. And she puts the book back on, and uh, then it goes. The mother of the bride did it. Levi says, "My lips twitch, but I can't find it in me to respond." I'm like, oh, oh, it was lovely. It's like you get like you still find it cute, but also you're mad at him and you're like conflicted in that way. And I was I was just like, because, you know, that in so many of the books that we read, it's like I, w- I wanted to find it funny, but I was still so upset at him. But, and it like it would have explained that whole moment. Yeah. But just that's perfect. That's that simple, perfect. simple sentence. My lips twitch but I can't find it in me to respond. It's just like, oh, gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. Well done. Um, There's another really great show don't tell moment that I'll bring up later. Anyway, so they get to the beach and um, Selkies are meant to swim in the ocean, but Moira never has because she grew up in um, Folkhaven and they just have the lake and they're only allowed to swim at night on nights of new moons or dark moon. That's new moon, right? When it's darkish anyway, cause they don't want the humans to see. So she's like, Oh my God, can I go? Can I go swim in the ocean? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I have to, I have to drudge all this water out. <laughs> Help me do your thing because of the magic. So just go do your thing. So she has this beautiful, cause she mentions it earlier. She's like, I have never swam in the ocean before because it's too dangerous and blah, blah, blah. So she gets to swim in the ocean and it, it's like, it's really lovely. So then, um, they're like, oh, should we, we should probably get back because of how long the drive is. And he's like, hey, listen, I saw a and b Why don't I, I'll, I'll get us some rooms for the night so that you can keep swimming and like, 
I don't remember if she brought her pelt with her. I don't think she gets to do it as a selkie, but like it still feels different to be in the ocean for her. He's like, listen, we'll just spend the night so that you can spend more time in the ocean. And she's like, I want to hate him, but that was super fucking nice. And I want to be in the ocean. (laughs) So they go in the ocean. And then of course, of course, the only room that's left at the B and B is the bridal suite. Uh, And there's only one bed. (laughs) So it's again, it's like all the forced proximity tropes that you imagine to happen because there's just like a little bit of magic involved. I'm like, Oh, it's fun. I love it. (laughs) They also go on um, a tour of the B and B's spa because that's Levi's business. And there's this really cute moment. Cause like, like the aesthetic is very like, um, it's very like, ooh, like pebbles and ooh, uh, like what you would imagine from a seaside town yeah. spa, right? Yeah. And pebbles. Pebbles <laughs> with sand, <laughs> fake orchids. And there's this moment where he he's like oh yeah I, after the tour he's like oh well i learned a lot so like i'm i'm hoping and this place has been here forever so i'm really hoping that i can that my spa can be like this and she's like you can't open a spa like this and it's like because i'm a monster and she's like no, no 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 that's not it at all this isn't you i imagine yours is like clean lines and wood and all this stuff and then he's like it's like she fucking read my mind that's exactly my aesthetic of my spa so it's like, <laughs> Oh, this is sweet. They get to know each other. Anyway, so then, <laughs> like, I like all of his responses. She's like, "You can't do this." Is it because I'm a monster? Like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Your mom did a number on you, no. and it's ugh, something real weird is coming up. Anyway, so uh. then of course they go and they have a little too much to drink and then they head back to the room and it's one of those places where there's like a hot tub in the middle of the room like it's not uh-huh. in the bathroom it's in the middle of the room sexy and right and they first they go into um they to like wash off from the ocean and here's another really great show don't tell moment um where she she gets she gets to use the shower first and she's in the shower just like oh my god he's so fucking hot what do i do the trader's thought taunts me as i step under the spray as i try to only think of scrubbing the salt from my skin and hair my focus strays towards the door i didn't lock waiting to see if the knob turns (gasps) it's like oh and then she comes out and he, he's like, oh, my God, thank you. And just sort of, like, moves her aside. He's like, I have to pee so bad. <laughs> so he goes in and pees. And she's like, okay, that's not really romantic. But it also is, like, very reminiscent of, like, a moment a couple would have. And I was like, yeah. yes, looking at not just the grand romantic things, but just, like, the everyday moments that couples have and, like, recognizing that and, like, how it is mundane but also very special. And I'm like, yes, love it, love it. Oh. Anyway, wonderful. So they're at the room. They've had a little too much to drink. And then they decide to like hang out in the hot tub. And then she's like, so like, what do you look like as a monster? Because he he like almost never transforms. I think he never he never even showed Satine his monster form because of his internalized. 
his yeah, internalized monsterphobia uh, an impact on their relationship like, yeah yep, yep, yep. i'm a monster forever but you refuse to show me your monster uh-huh. Ooh, uh-huh. i would break uh-huh. up with him yeah but they're still friends so good for them because she's like yeah he has baggage and his mom's a bitch um <laughs> so she's like no but like what do you look like as a monster like you should listen if you don't show me what you look like as a monster <laughs> i'm gonna invite you to my mom's house for a family dinner and they're gonna make you turn into a monster and if you think i'm pushy you should meet my mom um and then <laughs> the narrative from her point of view it's like oh he gave in so he secretly wanted a reason to and i'm like that's not how that moment felt to me but sure so he turns into his monster form and he is like He's like a scary, sexy merman. Like he has from the waist up is like human-ish, but then he has this long, 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 long tail. And I got the impression it was like those sharks that they're kind of thinner, but they have the really big fins at the end of their tails. Yeah. I imagine that's what I pictured. Also, he is head to toe black, like even his eyes are just Ooh. black, but then they're like sparks that travel over his skin. Oh, so that is kinda, so sexy. So it kind of looks like a galaxy because oh, his man. mom is a sea witch and his dad is a leviathan. So he's a sea monster. So it's just like, oh, it was, it was really great. And then, so then, so then what happens? Cause she's in her robe from her shower. Um, she like sits on his tail. His tail is big enough that she can like lie down on it. And then he uses his tail to lift her up so that her pussy is in his face and he eats her the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> and then she's like, there's this really weird moment. She's like, Oh my God, do you have a dick? It's a monster. Cause like when I'm a seal, I'm like a Barbie doll down there. So like, I can't have sex as a seal, but like, do you have a dick? It's a monster. And he has these things in his head. He's like, I don't, I don't want her to know, like, I don't want her to know how depraved I am. Cause I'm turned on by this and I don't know what I'm going to do. But then she like, Finds that he, and of course it's like the penis that hides in the slit until it's erect. And then I think she jerks him off or whatever. And then he's like, right. oh my God, I'm a terrible person. Because we find out later that his, his mother taught him that it is like an unwanted mutation that he has a penis as a monster. And that is morally reprehensible for him to have sex in his monster form no. or to even like jerk off in his monster form. And like, she was telling him this as a teenager. Like, so as he's getting to the age where he's like discovering himself and discovering masturbation, she's like, you can't do that as a monster. That is filthy and wrong and terrible. So now he has all this baggage about sex as a monster, but he's like, Oh wait, <laughs> Moira actually really likes it. And then there's a part two. I think when they're done, she kind of like curls up on his tail and like dozes a little bit. <laughs> oh, it was it was fun. Anyway, so then they head back to town and then the mom does the ritual and it works and they've cleared the land and everything's great. Except then they keep running into problems that were like side effects of that if they'd caught it sooner wouldn't have been problems and none of them are terribly important except there's one part where like um they're the, oh okay so they go and have lunch at local brew and <laughs> they're sitting there and she's like you're so fucking hot and he's like you're so fucking hot 
should I just finger you right now? And he's fingering her in the crowded restaurant. I'm like, okay. Um, But then they hear like a scuffle and it turns out that these humans who are obviously just like in town visiting are harassing this young siren. And Moira thinks what happened is that she was singing like sort of absentmindedly. And then the guy, the, you know, the drunk dude bro is like, Hey, sing that. What was that song about? Cause he's upset that he couldn't remember. So he's hassling her. So then they step in, they end up putting the guy in prison like overnight. And, and they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like we're screwed. And then one of the two witch sisters shows up and she's like, I got it. I can fix this. But for a price, because she's a witch, obviously. And they're like, okay, what's your price? And she's like, I think it was like, get my sister the house or whatever. Because she's not super concerned about this library, but her sister wants it. So she's, anyway. So then she goes and she looks at the guy and she's just like, you had such a bad time here. You want to leave. First thing tomorrow morning, you, you want to leave. You don't even want to tell anyone about what happened here. Because, oh my God, that'd be so embarrassing for you. Like, your dad would be so mad at you. She, like, she does mind control. That's her specialization. So then he's like, I gotta get out of this town now. But then Moira's office gets broken into. Hmm. And she's like, oh my God, like... Do I, did I have any information about mythics? And she walks through and she's like, oh no, I like keep that stuff in a vault in Wolf Trust Bank and I had put it away. So everything's fine. And then they look at the security camera and it's the rich guy from before got the guy who got arrested friends to help him break into the office. Huh. And then that kind of fizzles out. I don't remember if that gets resolved in any way, shape or form. And then there's also. Right now for me, Uh like listening to all this. I don't know why the gauntlet was in there. I don't think we needed that in the book. Oh, I forgot to mention. So we had the moment where he, um, where he comforted her. It turns out that one of his powers is he like emits this aura that like relaxes people. So he had used that on her to help relax her, but we didn't know that until they were fucking in the bath. And when he's a monster, when he's a human, he kind of has to like choose to do it. But when he's a monster, it just sort of happens. So she's drunk. And then also just sort of like, Oh my God, I'm so relaxed. You can eat me out now. (laughs) Um, It was, I think that's kind of all anyway. Again, I'm kind of feeling like unnecessary. Didn't need it. Other than the fact that it was fun. I mean, it was fine, but Honestly, like all the stuff that you're talking about is stuff I would have liked to have gotten to sooner. <laughs> well, maybe if you'd finished the book, Claire. Then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're they're upset. I think his spa opens. They his um baggage gets in the way. Like the the night after they hooked up in the hotel room, he went to the bathroom and saw that she was asleep in the bed and he's like, "Oh, she probably already regrets." hooking up with me. So I'm going to go sleep on the floor. And then she's like, why didn't he sleep in the bed with me? So they like resolve that stuff. Um, and then, uh, I think that's about it. And then, and this, this is the, this pissed me off so fucking much. Are you ready for this Claire? Uh huh. We get a resolution for where her great grand aunt's pelt went. Where'd it go? What happened was <laughs> his father and her great grand aunt 
were like friends slash lovers. And this was before Folkhaven had been founded. So it was unsafe for her to like keep her pelt around. So she gave it to him. And once a month when the moon was dark, she would go and see him and he'd give her her pelts and they would go swim in the ocean together and be friend lovers. And then she ended up getting killed while he still had it. So she never got it back. And do you know how we find this out? At some point, a siren comes up to them and is like, hey, you saved that other siren in the bar. So I've been given permission to tell you this whole story that we knew this whole time and you'll get to remember it. So the answer just falls from heaven. Um, But then they end up together and it's sweet. And then the epilogue isn't the last chapter is actually the epilogue. And then the epilogue is actually the preview of the next book, which is the mind control sister and her cat that she thinks is a person who got turned into a cat going out and solving mysteries or something. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, (laughs) Christine just Christine was like, we should have read that book. She's like, why are we reading that book right now? Let's just stop doing the podcast. Let's read that book. And I get that. Also, though, wait, why is her land bad? And did they fix that? They did. The mom, they brought the the water back and the mom fixed it. So that was fine. So that was fine. But then everything that they dealt with after that was like the result. It was like stuff that they didn't catch beforehand or something. I don't know. Oh, also, there was this, like, there was one chapter that we were in a completely different character's mind. His name is Sen or Sven or something. And um, and then he has, he's a monster, so he has Levi come over because he found this creature. And then they, like, they're like, oh, we found the thief. And it's like, oh, the guy who stole the the great grand aunt's pelt, because this is before we get the story. And no, somebody tried to steal Moira's brother's pelt, but I think that is from a previous book. Yeah. And this just like comes out of nowhere. And then it turns out that the creature is actually like bewitched bones and dust. And then they're like, oh, well, this is bad. But they've already cleansed the land at this point. So then like, I guess it becomes a matter of like, oh, well, what sort of like came out that we're going to be finding kind of thing. Huh. I don't know. It, it Also, what why did she want to keep that land so bad? What was this Oh. Secret? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Why so that be burned. We finally find out this was also unsatisfactory that she used to come out here as a kid um cuz like because of where she is in the birth order, she was sort of like left to her own devices kind of thing. Like she wasn't especially close with either sibling, like her siblings, like the two brothers were always together. And then her sister, there's like such an age difference that they weren't friends. I don't remember. Anyway, so she'd come out to this land all the time. And then one time there was like a monster girl there and they chatted. And then the monster girl was like, I have to go, but I'll come back. And then she never came back. And then like when Moira's on this plot of land, she like feels a magical something. And she's like, the monster girl's going to come back and I need all this to be ready for her. Like I need this to be exactly how she left it. Oh my God. That's not it. (laughs) That's not enough. I know. I know. And here's the thing. I, there's parts of this enough for like a romance novel. That's sad about waiting for this lost love to come back. Yeah. That's not, 
the point of this one? I know. This this book had too many threads. Oh, so many threads. Like, I had, I ju- it, just having to ask you to tie them up for me now Yeah. was too much. Because it's like, the, they're obviously, the, the series are sequential, and they're like overarching threads that go through the entire series. So I... I get the sense that half of the stuff we talked about is going to come up again later. But then there was also the threads of this book and the romance, and it felt like a little bit too much for the writer. And some of them got dropped and they weren't resolved to a satisfactory uh, end. But like there were some really good zingers in here. Uh, There was monster sex. The hate to love was done really, really well. The forced proximity tropes felt, like kind of fresh and inventive because there was like a magical element and like with the cage thing you're like that's kind of dumb but like whatever I'm on board for it because I want them to kiss and like yeah is it, there are parts of this book that I really overall I really enjoyed this book it's just like some parts of it I'm like uh, just like just like one more pass or just like <laughs> we could have dropped this whole this whole thing this whole thread could have like not we don't need it so yeah it's a little frustrating Anyway, that was Swearing at the Sea Monster by Lauren Connolly. Excellent. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Kill. Ready? Let's play Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Fuck Mary. Kill. Are you ready? Fuck Mary. Kill. Uh, Claire. Yeah. Shall we play Fuck Mary Kill? Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. What? What? Uh, would you like to go first or sure. should I? Sure. I'll go first. Okay. A mermaid. Uh huh. A siren. Uh huh. A selkie. Okay. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> In case anybody didn't know, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Could you could you imagine three things? Just like (laughs) episode eighty two or whatever this is, it's like okay, these three things. What do they have in common? That's the new game now. (laughs) We got okay. So I think I'm gonna fuck a siren because I imagine there'll be beautiful singing involved. And even though I don't remember it, I'll be like, that was a great time. I'm going to marry the Selkie because for the most part, they are person. But then also I have a big seal to cuddle because they're like big. They are not seal size. They are like people sized seals. I just want to cuddle the seal. (laughs) And I live next to an ocean. So the Selkie would appreciate that. Yeah. And then I'm going to kill the mermaid. Um, They're great. Like I get (laughs) why we all it. wanted to be one when we grew up but like i can't breathe underwater and i don't i don't want to get close to fish genitals so yeah mermaid propaganda in the 90s was high <laughs> it was <laughs> it was thanks <laughs> to big mermaid uh yeah i think um i think i'm gonna marry a siren Okay. Uh, if also because I love nice music and I love feeling good and I never remember the lyrics anyway. So 
I've Why am I not to surprised? I've a lot of songs in my life that I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is no different. <laughs> so, great. sounds great to me. Great. Um, and I'm going to fuck a Selkie. Also because I'm looking forward to just fucking a person and then enjoying having fun sea, sea times when, you know, yeah. when they're just like swimming about. But then I think yeah. we both want to go on our way. They seem like a creature that likes a lot of freedom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I am also going to kill a mermaid. Um, I, I just because like, uh, you know, mermaids get so much love and... You know, I think it's it's time for the Selkie. It's time for the Selkie. <laughs> it's time for the Selkie. <laughs> Great. Okay, Claire. Mm-hmm. Fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Cyrus. Levi. Ooh. Or Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. Oh! Mm. Who technically is not a sea monster, but I figured, <sighs> I figured they could fit in here. Okay, I'm going to marry Levi. Okay. Because um, he seems great, sexy, interesting, and also very rich, which are things that I like. And you can help him come up with better names for his business. Oh, I'm so good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Or and encouraging him to at least do interior design he likes. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to back down from that, man. Do it. (laughs) um but also uh like just as like as a sea monster just your description was like a galaxy skin yes it was amazing so fucking sexy yeah that sounds great um but i am gonna fuck cyrus because he's very giving like Uh um i do feel like cyrus definitely doesn't ask enough for things that he wants (laughs) I feel like that was all stuff he enjoyed doing, though. I think it was. Or maybe he's the type of dom that gets off on, like, pleasing his sub. Maybe. And that's fine. But I think, like, you know, I I enjoyed it. But I think that is also a man that needs to be free. So we'll fuck mm-hmm. and then move on with our lives. <laughs> I don't want to kill him if we mate and I die sooner. Like, I want him to have a rich and fulfilling long life. But it's not rich and fulfilling because he gets so lonely. Oh, God. I don't know about that, man. I don't like that trope. <laughs> I don't like that trope. Um, no, I don't either. Yeah. So then I'm going to end up killing um, the Loch Ness Monster. You know, uh, but I'm positive I will change my mind once we read a Loch Ness Monster book again. <laughs> like, there's a Loch Ness Monster series out there that we need to read. <laughs> Great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, oh, God. I think I'm going to do the same things. Um, I feel like... I don't know. I don't know if I could handle all of Levi's baggage. And I'm not a mythic, so I can't, like... I feel like he he won't feel that I'm relating to him because I'm just I'm just a dumb old human. Mm. But he was sexy, and <laughs> I can help guard him from his bitch mom. <laughs> um, and then I'm also gonna fuck Cyrus 
And then I'll ask him to paint me after. Ooh. I feel like that would be fun. And then I guess I'll also kill Nessie. I don't want to, but that's how the the game works. That's the rules. Uh, And of all the characters, Claire? Um, Well, I definitely want to marry Leviathan Fitness. Um, I feel like everybody there was very encouraging and I've Mm -hmm. always wanted to join a gym where I actually felt welcomed and (laughs) everybody was, you know, just living their best lives. You know, it's a (laughs) fantasy because everybody at the gym is nice and supportive. (laughs) And they're also not about that winning mentality. They just want you to beat your last goal. Yeah. They just want you to have fun and, and, and grow. And be as yourself an and grow. And a person. So everybody at Leviathan, I'm I'm just gonna marry Leviathan as a business. Um, <laughs> I'm married to a business, <laughs> which I think means that I then have to fuck the spa from Full Haven. Okay. Um, because I also love a spa. I love a spa. <laughs> it was I... really nice. He had her come and like to the soft opening. Oh, and I should have mentioned this: all of the employees were monsters. So he like wants to like help their self esteem, and and one of them, uh, the one that helped, uh, sort of like the receptionist. She's like, oh yeah, he gave me this job. Like I'm I'm heading out to go to school, like at the end of the summer. But like, you know, Levi gave me this job, and he's really supportive of monsters, and so he's like putting, he's like supporting emotionally and financially his constituents, and he wants to like turn to the rest of the town and be like, look, monsters are contributing members of society. You racist fucks. <laughs> and then there was a room that he brought her to where it was like a salt bath that like one whole wall of the room was glass and looked out onto the lake. Ooh. It was, it oh, sounded I'd like a really nice spa. I fucking love that. And then I think he, he came in and I don't think they fooled around, but he sort of like, they like flirted a bit while she was in the salt water and it was great. I love that. Um, but I'm only going to fuck it because I don't like massages all the time, but I do like them sometimes. Fair. Um, you're like a cat. I am like a cat. And, um, I guess that means I'm going to kill. Um, I am going to kill the city council. Because I think they've made bad apartheid decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this isn't even the council who made that decision. The, These the are all people who stepped council. into that role and are supporting yeah. segregation. Yeah, no, we're I think that they should be disbanded. We should start that over. Yeah. Um yeah, so that <laughs> I'm all about business and governments today. Then what about you? <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Moira. I think she she sounds like she's good at it. She's got a good head on her soul. She's a little feisty. I think we I think we'd we'd have a good time. And then hopefully we could cuddle with her as a seal. Oh, I could just call her a seal. Um I'm gonna marry Atlas, which was our, our wolf guy from the previous uh Leviathan fitness book. <laughs> <laughs> he was just so nice so and nice. I want a big fuzzy hug. Big furry hugs. Oh god. And then I'm going to kill um uh Levi's mom whose name was Violetta 
I'm going to kill her because she's racist. And, like, we see her say things to his face. And, like, she uses the word monster, like, the way that people used gay in the 90s. Like, as just, like, a standard derogatory word for someone. Mm. She's terrible. She's the worst. And I'm going to kill her. That sounds good. Yeah. And of the books, Cleo? Well, I think it's a little unfair of me to to you know rate swearing at a sea monster but i'm gonna fuck it anyway um (laughs) so far i i mean i was upset by how slowly the read was going Mm -hmm. um i do feel like and i do feel like there were so many loose ends but it does sound like a romance i could really dig into and really Mm -hmm. enjoy and so it's upsetting and i'm gonna finish reading it i'm gonna finish reading it um and i'm gonna I'm going to fuck tentacles and triathlons. Like I want to marry it. I really do. Um, I just, it feels a little unfinished in Mm -hmm. some ways. It feels like it needs like just something else. Like, I don't know, maybe even like a B plot that represents like some outside force that separates these two that they're both Mm. fighting against. Mm -hmm. Um, Just something else. Um, I'm really glad that the, or like, a villain of some kind a villain would have been great yeah um i mean you know just or you know a corporation that's coming in and trying to shut down leviathan fitness anything because there was even the part where they were like oh we're trying to keep it secret and then two people atlas and the griffin friend fallon they each found out accidentally yeah but they're the most supportive friends ever. right and they're like i won't say anything so it never felt like those stakes were real that that oh are they gonna find out or are they gonna say even though they're like oh my god fallon is terrible with secrets he's such a blabbermouth i never genuinely felt like that that was actual an actual stake like an actual danger that could happen yeah so it's like i don't i don't yeah it's i uh, yeah the stakes were just super low the whole time but um yeah yeah so i'm gonna fuck it for that reason but honestly it was super fun uh there's so much good about it like this was an amazing sex book like it was Mm -hmm. really good for the sex and good. good for adult you know, adults being adults with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, I hate that we like will rip apart some other book because if they had just talked to each other, everything would have been fine. And then we're like poo-pooing a book where they do. <laughs> sure, but then something else has to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, there has something to be else. It's like you can be adults who do adult things and still get together, but like we need a reason to be reading this book. Like, what yeah. makes this romance special? Yeah, because they they resolved the relationship between the two of them by definitely by fifty percent, probably a little earlier. Yeah. So it's like I have half of a book left, and if I'm not concerned about the romance, then like, why am I still reading this book? This much of this book? Like, yeah. if like the the romance gets resolved in the second to last chapter, and then the last chapter was the triathlon, I'd be like, oh, that's a good sort of like denouement to wrap everything up, kind of thing. But yeah, it's just like fifty percent in, and then they just were a couple, and everything was fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to do the same things. Um, I'm going to funk, fuck tentacles and triathlons. I had an unfortunate experience in that looking at the cover and the author's note, there was also a link where it would like take you to list all the like content warning stuff. 
and then like the little illustrations i had such high expectations for this book also this was um this writer it says in their bio was like COVID happened and then they decided to just start writing and now they have like three books and like that's very exciting good for you ashley bennett that's amazing that's really wonderful but it's just like i these like cute fun little details i was like this is going to be a great book and then it fell flat in certain ways and so i was like oh um also we forgot to mention that there's a lingerie kink which we didn't get in the drag queen book but we got in the sea monster book (laughs) like okay sure um but all the kinks were handled really really well um all the people were great i did want them to end up together that's not always the case in some of these books that we read so like i just i really wish that there had been a second set of eyes to be like to just just to push things just a little bit further and then like i mentioned about like oh the stakes of them being mates and how that's different from them being in a relationship and like we don't feel those stakes or like tying back to the painting more so that that moment pays off so much more um it's good it's great i recommend it it just it just needs a little more polishing um oh, so i'm gonna um, fuck it how many eggs are we gonna give the cover of of swearing at a sea monster oh swearing at a sea monster let me look she looks so pissed off that lady <laughs> She does. I would have to say, like, I love her hair. Like, that is amazing hair. That is how I dream my hair should be. Oh, um, yeah, I can get it. I mean, but, like, other than that... Oh, and then that, we have the little monster tail. I mean, yeah, she's she, hot. I'll give her five eggs. She definitely does look like a selling sunset um, real estate agent, except in rural Georgia. Right. <laughs> oh, so the, the composition is really nice. That sort of, like, it's framed by the leafy work and then there's like the mysterious force in the background and then at the bottom there's the lake with the monster tail stick it's like it's a really it's a really nicely composed oh wait no, no, wait, a nicely composed cover yeah um, yeah for so sure i appreciate it and then i'm gonna fuck the book like we said like one book didn't have enough threads and one book had too many threads um so swearing at the sea monster it's the best hate to love that i have seen in a very long time um there were some really good zingers the world building was interesting even i mean like even with the segregation um but yeah there was just like some stuff like the fact that somebody had the answer the whole time that's so fucking annoying and just because also and like we didn't really mention that as as much but like levi was determined to proof that his family was innocent so that's why like he was invested in figuring out the mystery as well um and he doesn't have access to his dad so the fact that somebody just knew and was like okay i'm gonna sing a song now i'm just anyway but i'm gonna fuck the book and i think i think it'll be fun i imagine it'll be in a hot tub (laughs) excellent excellent well i'm gonna uh i'm gonna give the cover model let's see three and a half eggs Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, like, I gave her three just for her hair. Yeah. I don't know. I'm giving her that extra little half just because, I don't know, the leg crossing. Um, And excellent, I think. And I also like your choices of fucking Mary and Kill in the books. Thank you. And now I think it's time for our favorite game. It's time for our favorite game. 
Christine. Christine. Yes. And we have an extra element of the game this time because I'm excited. Okay. I could not choose between two queer books. So I'm going to give you the titles of each of them and you're going to tell me which one we're going to read and then I'll oh tell goodness. you the straight book title and then we'll guess what the theme is. Whoa. Oh, okay. My goodness. Ready? Okay. I'm uh-huh. ready. So you y'all need to choose between Sword of the Guardian by Mary Shannon or The Pyramid Waltz by Barbara Ann Wright. I kind of am feeling the pyramid one, the pyramid waltz. Okay. They both sound so fun. I know. So good. Um, I'm also feeling pyramid though. Like, okay. Great. It feels like a place we've never been before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Great. So the books we will be reading, I'll just save Sword of the Guardian for a future episode because it's and, and I'm amazing. also like, do I know what the theme is? Because that's what I'm basing my guess on is what I'm expecting the theme to be. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, now I will tell you the two books that we will be reading, and then you can guess the theme. Okay. So we will be reading The Pyramid Waltz by Barbara Ann Wright and The Fate of Crowns, The Fate of Crowns trilogy, book one by Rebecca L. Garcia. Is it ancient Egypt? No. Ah. <laughs> uh, Neil's face on that no was so fun. Right, because as soon as you said, oh, I, it's because I think I know what the theme is. I was like, oh, pyramid. I know what they're thinking, but yeah. I know what yeah. that book is about. It's not about pyramids. Let me tell you. Dang it. Could it is it like uh, questing? You're getting close. Okay. Closer. Is it the Crusades? No. Um, or like explorers? No. Dungeons Pyramid and Dragons? Waltz. No. Pyramid Waltz. You're you're in the right genre. So it's but that's fantasy. Not quite the theme, but the theme and the genre are strongly linked. Um, video games? No. Oh, I don't think that didn't feel right when I said it, but <laughs> I said it anyway. So it's like fantasy. Yes, that is okay. the genre. Both okay, of these books the are genre. high okay. fantasy. They're high fantasy. There's something about a pyramid waltz. <sighs> explorers. It's not explorers. I'll give you each one more guess. I want to say it's something to do with, like, I don't know, like a king's guard or something like that. That's very close. Oh, no. Oh, I'm King's bodyguard? No. Okay. Um, it's not, is it knights? No, uh, that's it's you're you're both you're like circling around it. I also appreciate that I can tell that both of you are using all three titles, which is a smart thing to do. Uh, do you give up? Yes. Yes. I do. Princesses. <gasps> oh, princess. 
high fantasy princesses. I thought it would be a good um, sort of like balance against our modern day princes episode that we did not too long ago. Mm -hmm. So we have our high fantasy princesses. Excellent. Yes. So thank you so much, Christine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, Neil. And thank you, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much, authors. I know that we are very criticismful. Good job, Claire. Words. Good job, <laughs> Claire. I mean, most of our authors are way better at words than I can ever dream to be. And yet, I tear them apart anyway. Um, but we do thank you for putting your work out there and um, having us having it available for us to read. And of mm-hmm. course, like, you know, we paid for it. So, you know, joke's on us. Jack's on us. And thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, listeners. We, of you, course, could not do this without you. You, Our love for you is as deep as the sea. You are the and, wind beneath our monster and wings. And as kinky as tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> you demons. <laughs> yes. Uh, please, if you can, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell people about us. Word of mouth really helps. And if you are able to consider donating to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fmklitpod. Yes, you have to put in the URL. It is hard to search for us on Patreon because we say dirty words. I talk about all kinds of kinks. I appreciated how many kinks were involved in this episode. So many. And that they were all handled very well. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So, so yeah, I think all that's left to say is if you can do so safely and consensually and in your monster form, uh, and giving yourself so much love and warm monster hugs. Keep, Keep.